This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the second volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40K's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Ryan Laplante and players Tom McGee as Interrogator Nero Abagnale, Laura Elizabeth as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt as Seth Corbin, and Del Borovic as Sister Lolien Mina. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band have divided their efforts for maximal effect. Olien and Nero were admitted into the Mechanicus stronghold, Seth talked his way into Lucia Bane's house as a political fixer, and a disguised Piper gained an audience with Chasener Bokatan of the Adeptus Arbites but forgot to disguise Warden. What will become of the mission now that the banished Inquisitorial Party has been exposed? Find out next in this episode of The Valentine Heresy. From the written musings of Fabius Bile, panic is the natural predator of strategy. Piper, you're a little bit panicked. You have about eight shotguns. Not about. You have literally eight combat shotguns aimed at you. There are probably about three at Warden. You know, you feel like of this crowd of nearly a dozen officers, you've got most of the attention as the Psyker. And you're staring down the bolt pistol of Chasener Bokatan, who has identified you as the banished party member from the cannibal meal that you all had a few hours earlier. How do you react? Um, I say... I, I stay as calm as I can say, all right, so you discovered who I am, that I'm still here. Listen, sure, we were banished. I thought it might be more important to you to know that we've got some heretical shit going on here. Maybe more important than a little banishment. After all, I am with, and I show my verset again, like, the Inquisition. All right, you're going to need to... Uh plug that into the desk over there. Uh, And he just gestures across the massive granite countertop of his desk. uh, And a little metal slot has opened where you can plug in uh, the rosette or other kind of symbols of office that have digital reading parts. Uh, Happily. And he waits a moment. uh, And you hear that same toaster ding that you now realize the Mechanicus must use as a general (laughs) positive result. 
And he looks down and he goes, well, ain't that a surprise? All right, so you're Inquisition. Lower your weapons, lower your weapons. How many people did you show that to out front? Uh, just the four people who were at the entrance. And I'm imagining you don't want your presence here to be known to the whole, you know, Emperor Dan world out there. Uh, certainly not. Chasener Bo-Katan looks at you and goes, all right, uh, just a second. I got to handle something. Uh, and he reaches down and you see him hit a button on the intercom next to his, his lady. He says, I'm going to need somebody to go trade out the team by the door. Uh, you can tell them all that they're getting promoted. And you hear the voice on the other end go, they're getting promoted just because they were at a door? I put in 10 years. He's I don't give a shit what you thought, Smith. You send them up, they're getting promoted. You do a good job, maybe you do too. The door decides things sometimes. And he just hangs up. And he's like, well, I guess I got myself a few more official arbites. Congratulations, everybody in the ambush room. You're all promoted too. You all get desks. It's the only way I can guarantee you just see them all like high-fiving and kind of shaking hands and very excited. He's like, great. Now get the fuck out and wait for the other team. He's like, well, congratulations. You just got like 16 new Arbides promoted. Cause it's the only way I can guarantee they don't fucking tell anyone that you're an inquisitor. Now they can't own property, but they got a decent wage. So nobody can bribe them. Uh, what do you need? Well, and I think I just, I basically like, uh, press a little like button on my neck and like my, I don't want to talk deep anymore because there's no point. <laughs> Thanks. That was weird. Um, well, so basically look, I'm here to deal with a threat. Okay. And obviously you're just going to have to trust that. Like I can't give you all the information, but in the course of searching out this like serious threat, no, but I mean, what is the threat? Because I'd really like to know. That's kind of my job. Like, I'll just shoot them and it'll be done. I got 16 new officers and I will tell you they are all fully expendable. Listen to me. Still gathering intel. Still got a team. And okay. I can't tell. Look, I'd be happy to like point you at where to shoot when we know exactly who to shoot. But we don't know who to shoot yet. All right. Then let me help you figure it out. All right. However, now listen. In order for me to do my job and try to figure out who's who, I have to be able to be like, basically push into like people's minds and shit. You, you know, you know what we do. Um, I can't do that right now because we've got some like serious heretical like cult shit going on. Wait, what? In the city. Uh, what makes you assume that? Uh, you realize as he's watched you do a very bad job of keeping things need to know, his face is just getting more and more puzzled, which is not an expression you're used to on like a Batman style face. But now he's looking <laughs> at his computer and he's confused by you. And he's like, what, what do you know that? Okay, here's my problem. I wanted more information. You told me I can't have it. But now you're telling me there's some cult and I know jack shit about a cult. So what makes you think there is a cult here? Well, a couple of things have happened. We had like voice come through on our Vox, which is like talking about, I don't know, young Count Kornos and the one-eyed knight and some Vorpal shit. And okay. Uh, also I reached into the warp and it was just like, basically like warning blares, like sirens went off and they're like, no, don't do this. Cause like, there's gonna like, shit's gonna know that you're here. I don't want to insult you because you're an inquisitor, but 
so far the only proof you have of a cult is that you heard things that I can't prove were real. Yeah, but I'm have telling you, you that they're real. Have you considered that your technology and your brain might be the problem? Because here's the deal. I'll show you the files. And he just, he, he hits a button and the desk just splits apart and flips around into a much more manageable desk. It's clear this room is also an interrogation tactic as almost everything is in the Fortress Precinct. And he just waves you forward and you and Warden can step forward. And now there's just a much smaller desk with this cogitator at it in a way you can see. And he's like, here's a list of every crime and arrest we've made. Here's a list of the warp occurrences. I ain't got shit on here that says there's some heretical cult. I cannot speak for Falsher Frieden or Geminella. Too far away. We don't have the same coverage we do here. This is a smaller city. But you can see I don't have any mutations. I don't have any psycher events. I damn well don't have anybody identifying as a cult. I got a whole shitload of problems with these fucking houses trying to kill each other and the sadistic governor trying to allow people to shoot people at parties. I had to fill out so much paperwork after your friggin' asshole friends decided to be cannibals, but in a way that was technically legal, but wasn't. It took me three hours to get a pardon for y'all because the banishment wasn't legal either. <laughs> I just <laughs> put, put my hand up just like, to be clear, who puts like people as like potential dinner as like an option if you're not then supposed to eat it? Like, why, why, why would it be an option? That's ridiculous. Listen, I spent three fucking hours trying to get an answer to that question. I did not organize that dinner. I do not care for Rancid Cologne or his idiot son. I care if the tithes get paid. Here's the deal. I just need the tithes to be paid. That's what the emperor wants from me. That's what the emperor wants from Valda. Valda makes the big calls on whether or not we take him out. Vice Marshal. The reason they don't make me Marshal is I'd have shot those fucking cologne bastards years ago and said, anybody's better. Congratulations. You'd be governor. He just points to Warden, who's standing there stoically saying nothing. I'd prefer this man. So, so who do you support the candidates? I support the tithes being paid. So you're you literally just tithes, like... Anybody. You governor. So you literally think that like any one of the candidates would be like, great, I'm making sure that the tithes are being paid. I mean, if I had to choose who I think would be most likely to pay the tithes, I'd lean Lucia Bain. She pays her debts. She gets paid on time. She pays her taxes the most. And I have the least provable crimes of her house. Again, does not mean she's not doing crimes. She's just clearly organized about it. And she pays her taxes. That's my job. Whether or not she's perfect or not actually falls under yours. And he just picks the rosette out of the desk and offers it back to you. He's like, you figure out how guilty people are. I just figure out if they follow the letter of the law or deserve to be shot. So as far as I can tell you, there ain't no cult. I hate to say it. Think your feelings are wrong. However, what else can I do for you? Well, then maybe you need to like connect with like your people on Geminella and Fshifsha. Other world, and make sure there's no cults there. I literally can't remember the name of the planet. <laughs> it's Falsher Frieden. Falsher Frieden. Yeah. Is the threat off world? Because it seems like you should be there if that's what you're worried about. I'll put the yeah. order in for the requisition. You're just going to get a lot, and it's going to take some time. Well, how long is it going to take? I don't know. I have agents in the field. I'll try to get it to you in like a week. I can get you everything. I can get you everything on file. I got to send people over and get things back. I can use the astropathic wire. All right. Well, how about you get that information back in a day? 
all right, why don't we call it in the middle and I'll do it in three days. Two? Two seems like doable. Listen, you can put the pressure on, but there's only so much I can deliver. What I can guarantee is whatever's happening over there ain't going to get here in the next two days. I can think about it. It's like, all right. Normally I wouldn't push back, but the Rosette says your name is Balthus Billingberg, and I fucking doubt you're Balthus Billingberg. Clearly you're a friend, so let's stay friendly. All right. Okay, fine. Three days. But in the meantime, you keep out. You keep watch on, like, cultist shit. I don't know if anyone's, like, messing with the candidates. I don't know what's going on here. I just know that they want to, like, well, fuck, you know cultists. I know enough about them to kill them. Here's the deal. I'm going to be at all the events. The arbitrators are involved with making sure that all the letters of the law are going to be followed. So don't worry about houses interfering outside of what's been deemed acceptable. Again, I didn't write the laws on this fucking shithole. It's my job to just make sure they get followed, even if they're insane. However, if you need anything, I'll fucking help you. I'm the guy. I can get guys to do stuff as long as it's legal. All right. So how do I get touched in touch with you on a moment's notice? Well, I mean, you, you, I just want to make a nine one one joke, but I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> you, you, no, no, fuck it. You box nine one one. That's the code. You use the nine one one box code. It puts you through to the arbites. It'll come through to me. You ask for Bo-Katan. You drop your name, which is. Oh, my name's Piper Fairley. Great. You tell him you're Piper Fairley. I'll let you know my people know, and you'll be able to get through. All right. Well, this has been productive. Thank you for not shooting me. I'd never shoot an Inquisitor. I just shoot people who don't pay their damn tithes. Uh, I, do you want to leave now, or does this keep Yeah, going? I'm, I'm going. <laughs> and as you leave the office, you just hear him get on the phone and be, be like, listen, I don't believe there's a cult, but there's some goddamn threat to this government that somebody's not telling me about. You gotta find it! You realize he's a little bit of a J. Jonah Jameson of the <laughs> Arbites world? Yes. Uh, as you peace out, um, having collected the fact that there are no cults uh, and forgotten to get the genetic baselines. <laughs> you know what? Piper and Laura have a lot going on tonight. <laughs> I may have told you because I think you probably would have realized it before you left the building and would ask for them. Yes. Absolutely. It's just like, yeah, it's going to be turning around. It's like, I know we had this like awkward parting. Let's just... I need this shit. <laughs> Get downstairs and dial 911 on the box. And like, one more thing. <laughs> Honestly, that's how I picture it. But you manage to get it before you get back to the team. So yeah. you can you can carry your shame of forgetting to disguise Warden in your heart, Piper. But you oh, do yeah. get to escape having forgotten to get the thing you were supposed to get <laughs> over your trek. So that has been achieved. Uh, and make a note, Piper, that you will be getting the list of crimes from the other planets in the system. Cool. Uh, after the resolution of the games and the governorship. Yeah. So it's being compiled and it'll be sent to you then. Great. Seth, you have made it into House Bane. You have been escorted 
through a variety of winding staircases with a lot of murder holes built into them and a collection of a few different elevators that clearly have a limited floor functionality. It's clear that rather than being a traditional fortress, House Bane's fortress is designed to just make it so hard to attack at speed that attackers will be worn down internally in ways they wouldn't otherwise anticipate. Uh, until you get to the top floor and find yourself escorted into a sitting room with Lucia Bane. Uh, it's very classically designed. The furniture is wood. There's a wooden table. There's a burning hearth. Oil paintings on the walls. You get the sense that this is designed to create the illusion of being of the people in an old world kind of sense. It doesn't have the traditional kind of frippery of spending a lot of money on Mechanicus things or other highlights. She's actually reading a book. When you look at it, you see that it's the Imperial Infantryman's Uplifting Primer which is the equivalent of like, I've got to go visit an important political figure. You find them reading the Bible and you're like, oh, I bet you had to go, you got that on a shelf just to open for when people walk in. Um, and Upside she rides down. This. She's like, yeah. clearly like <laughs> looking at the, the pictures. Says, oh, it's, it's a pleasure to have you here. I hear you've been sent by our governor, Rancid, who turns out to be as clever as we'd all anticipated based on the random political movements of our world. Yes, that's right. Uh, my name is Seth Corbin, political fixer, and I'm on retainer by the governor to ensure a uh, healthy transition of power. Uh, originally hired to ensure his victory, and when I told him that simply was not possible, he sought out the next best thing, which is you, I'm afraid. So what you're trying to tell me is the governor has chosen me to be the next governor before the games have started. The governor needs you to be the next governor, given that the other two candidates will likely tear down his house and yours if they win. Interesting. Uh, and she waves a hand and the chair opposite her rolls across the floor without being touched. Uh, when you look down, you see that there are metal casters attached to each of their feet. It turns out she does have a certain amount of frippery for herself. It's just hidden within these rooms in a way that wouldn't be otherwise available. Uh, she claps her hands twice, uh, and with a creak of gears, both of the chair's backs and bottoms flip, and they're now very padded, and a table pops out of the floor with Amasek and a decanter and two glasses. She says, why don't you take a seat and we can have ourselves a little conversation. And she pours herself some of the vintage and gestures to you, wondering if you would like your own glass. Yep, I'll, t I'll accept that. She'll pour it for you and, uh, and offer it to you. Uh, two interesting questions in an interesting time. To the peaceful transition of power. And he'll raise his glass and clink glasses, drink. Uh, it is super fucking good shit. Your guess is that this is at least a thousand thrones a bottle. This is the kind of thing that you would have only drank probably at the highest level cult things. And that's when you were like, you murdered the governor and had the party afterwards. Right, yeah. Uh, I haven't had this in a while. Like my old life or even like undercover, this is a, a rare uh, vintage. Yeah, your old life, it was only, you know, at All Hallows Eve or the sure. 40K version of Christmas that I can't figure out off the top of my head, but it definitely exists. Candlemas, damn it, it's probably there. <laughs> They celebrate it in an Eisenhorn book. I can't remember what it's called. But um, she looks at you and says, all right, so the games are already in place and we've had to put our little pieces together and we've got our one favor to call in from the other divisions. What can you do for me over the course of the next three days to help me sort this out? 
I can get you information. I can get you information on the other houses to help you tailor fit your responses to their various selections for the games. Excellent. So you're telling me you already know who their gladiator teams are, who their heist team is, and who their runners are. I'm telling you I can get that information here. And I throw the dossier on like a, a desk. Like, this is the information I collected on you at the behest of the governor. Now I have a file on the other houses as well. I don't have those here because, well, I wouldn't just freely give those away unless we come to an agreement. But have a look. See what she'll, I learned about you. She'll pick up the dossier and flip through it, taking in the information you've got. She seems fascinated. She actually takes a few minutes. It's clear that she's not uncomfortable in silence. A lot of people bring things to her that she will deal with in her own time. So she does not look at you or address you for probably, you think it's going to be over in five minutes and it ends up being nearly 20 as she's taking in the documents and really drinking in the detail. And she sets them down looking impressed on the scale of things because normally I would make you roll for this. However, it is the governor's research and we've established that his stuff is pretty good. So I just put my name on his homework. Yeah. Yeah. Smart way to get around a die roll. Uh, <laughs> she said, this is fascinating. So clearly if your information on them is as good as it is on me and I imagine it is, then this will be of great use once I step into a position of leadership. Were I the governor, this would help me rule most effectively. I do need the information on their game teams, however. And who is, uh, who's Gazi Cologne running as a team? He's the only person I've had nothing on. He hasn't hired anyone. Well, he's hired me. You see, he still must keep up appearances of remaining competitive. And so I put one of my people onto it, one Olean Mina. Oh, that's interesting. So you're running the teams for his games, and you're here to help me win. Yes, you see now how I can be quite useful. This is a level of duplicitousness that I am most impressed and, of course, disappointed by. <laughs> she says it in a purely dramatic sense where you're like, okay, yeah. this lady is as crooked as I probably thought she was. Okay. So here's the question I have for you then, Mr. Corbin. How do I know this isn't a plan to get access to me or my team and then, for lack of a better term, fuck us right over at the finish line? Well, you see, because you're going to pay me once you cross the finish line. This is Fabius Bile reaching out to all those arch heretics and other dangerous psychopaths out there. There is only one way to truly defeat the Emperor and his pathetic lickspittles, and that is to make sure that they do not unify themselves and their false beliefs and empty gods. They must not join a Patreon. They must never join patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Then our cabal can rise to the heights of brutality and cruelty. We can slay every player character, skin the flesh from their bones, and leave them with no hope remaining. Unless, somehow, people go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. With enough support, perhaps they could stop us. But that will never happen. (laughs) 
I'm getting payment from the governor. Yes, but you need me to win as well. And so I'm looking, <laughs> you put it quite well, uh, quite duplicitously to get paid twice for doing one amount of work, one client's work. Let's do a roll on this because this feels like where where it's the convince uh, the convincing yeah. of it. So let's go with deception because mm-hmm. I think that is a lie. You're not really looking to get paid twice. Nope. Yep. Um, I will say it is difficulty. I'm going to say four. She seems because I think on top of things. She is on top of things, and money is a is a sell, but it's also then why wouldn't she trust you to go somewhere else? So she's got to get a good vibe off you uh, mm-hmm. for this one. Uh, I'll give you a bonus because I think your info on the governor is good and suggests there is considerable access. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll actually give you a second bonus because the codes check out. So it means you, she knows for sure you have access to his household at a level that would suggest that you are in his pocket or standing next to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rolling. One success, three advantages. All right. I can appreciate that. A certain level of effectiveness from... Well, I don't want to say weasel, but it seems like you're a little weaselly. Here's the thing. I think we could do a nice little symbolic agreement here, which is I don't want your team to beat my team in any of the games. So if you can keep me in the lead and keep yourself in a strong second place, then I won't have any questions for you. Ah, so but if your looking... team... I just... Uh, I think oh, he... Then, um... No, go ahead. Yeah, I think, I think he kind of sees where she's going. He's like, you're looking for padding. Yes. You're looking for us to take second place to ensure that the real competition is so out of the running they have no way of recovering. It's not a bad idea, similar to a thought I had. And would prevent you from, let's say, uh, taking an early lead for yourself where I feel comfortable and then dancing your way across the finish line to save Gazzy if he's got some sort of weird army or throne-making machine shoved up his ass. Then she taps herself on the chin and says, so I pay you at the end. I don't even need to ask the amount. If I'm the governor, I can pay it. And you can guarantee me victory without you overtaking me. I don't even need it to look fair. I need to win for the people, of course. Of course. Well, then, I think we've got ourselves a deal. Uh, She'll throw, she'll offer you a hand. Uh, And he'll um, extend his hand and hold on. But before, like, shaking, he'll just say... You know, um, he'll say, uh, um, in order for me to be at my most effective, I will need access to your campaign. Define access. Access like knowledge on how you plan to win these upcoming games so that I can then apply that strategy to see where the weaknesses are and compare and contrast to the strategies of the other houses to give you the advantage you need. Well, that feels like kind of a big ask. So why don't we balance it? I'll tell you what I have planned for the games. We'll see how this first one goes. And then I'll update you on the second when we get there if you turn out to be good for your word. I can li- I can work with that. And he'll shake the hand. Yeah, and while shaking, she'll say... I'm sending in a team of stormtroopers, my fully trained house guard with the very best equipment to the games. I figure it'll balance us off if we're dealing with prisoners or close combat fighters. They can blast them down before they get there. But I'm hoping to make it to the long haul and the later Xenos rounds are going to be the most deadly. Now, these are your personal guard, are they? Ah, correct. 
I'm not going to send my bought. own bodyguards. Sorry? They can't be bought. No, no. There's a certain... Uh, one of the terms I've heard used for them is suicide kings, which is you pay people so well that their life is incredible, which means they die, so their life stays incredible. It's impossible to buy them. Also, I have their family under my thumb. Right, right. And of course, this arrangement you have is confidential, given your public persona, yes? Oh, yes, entirely. They're just loyal fellows living inside my citadel. And ladies, of course. you got to have a nice spread of talents across any team. Very good. Armaments? I mean, hell guns, full military carapace. Your number of questions is starting to make me uncomfortable with this deal. It feels like you're, you're taking a lot without giving anything. I'll come. I've given you an. I've given you something to think about right there on your desk, and I'll come back with a hell of a lot more. Right. Let's end this here because what's on my desk tells me a lot about me, which is interesting. Uh, but I'd like to know more about the rest before we continue. So I think we're done here. Uh, <laughs> at which point, just six guards appear from the other doorways, all of them armed. She's like, "The fighters will be armed like them," and they just come over and gently and politely, yep. definitively frog march you out. Over my are. shoulder, I'd like to just yell. I'd like, I have an idea of how smart you are. Look deeper. That shows the quality of my work. She doesn't respond. You're already being carried yeah, out. But you fine. see, she's looking at the papers. You can see, like, you've yeah. clearly caught some interest and in some yeah. question marks there. Yeah. The value so is back- in the information on paper. The value's in, I got that information and you didn't know I did it. Yeah. Yeah. And with your success and advantage... She's in. Uh, And you're escorted back down uh, the stairs and the various kind of murder holes and pathways and mini elevators uh, down and out, which leads us back to the Mechanicus stronghold full of (laughs) pistons and steam and smelling like gasoline and things fueled by prom and all that greasy Mechanicum goodness. Uh, You've actually stayed on the first floor. It's a very tall building, but the Mechanicus, it appears in the opposite of a lot of other societal structures that you'd expect seem to appreciate the ability to come and go quickly as a sign of importance, as opposed to being very high up and buried within the fortress. Uh, Convenience and efficiency are always prized by those uh, of the machine. You're brought through a number of hallways. They're smaller than you would have anticipated. I don't feel like either of you have had a ton of access to Mechanicus facilities. Uh, They're about a person, like a nine feet, 10 feet tall, kind of person and a half. And they're broad enough that you could probably walk three people down any of the hallways, which for you seems, it's not vaunting. It's not trying to make an impression. It's function over form, but you don't understand the function until you see a large servitor, uh, what will be known as a cataphron breacher on the battlefield, which is tank treads to the waist, uh, the upper half of the body, and it's a giant plasma cannon. And when that rolls past, uh, you both have to flatten yourselves against the wall along with your Skitari escort to allow it to continue. It's clear now when you look at these hallways, they're designed to be choke holes at any point where they put one of these things. So they don't really have to worry about creating an elaborate layout. They can flood this first floor with bodies. And if they can keep doing that throughout the building, this would be hideously impregnable to try to take by force without a massive regimented army. It's really heavy guns to try to blast through the sheer amount of metal. However, you're here as friends. You had an invite. You heard that ding of your toast being ready. Uh, You're escorted down a number of hallways that are winding. Think of it as very feeling 
like we see images of the old Russian submarines. Everything's metal. There's a lot of crank doors that are being swung open and shut as you continue until you arrive at the office of Ignatius Ironforth. It is a number of small tables that are so close together, they're only spaced wide enough apart that Ignatius can float between them. But luckily for the two of you with his weird anti-grav belt of containers, he is wider than a person, so you can wander through. There are machines on a number of tables hanging limbs and other elements overhead that he can use to work. Massive setups of those repeated kind of, what is it, the lenses designed for working on jewels and other things in detail. A number of them also include what look like fish tanks with limbs growing inside them or other elements of the human body. There are skin that's clearly being replicated on a number of frames towards the back that make up the whole wall. You're seeing muscle groups, there are eyes. Uh, It's a surprising amount of biological material. It makes sense to you because you know that this is a Magos biologist who has been doing the work on enhancing the human form. The majority of Mechanicus members that you've dealt with would actually have abandoned humanity as much as possible. Steel is strong, the flesh is weak. Uh, But this is the reverse and kind of inverse of that philosophy. When you look to the back of the office, you can see a large glass window. And inside is a surgical suite that looks like it's been designed by Apple. Everything is white. There's a lot of smooth edges. It's flawlessly sterile. There's a central table that is a chrome, super polished. There's no sign of dirt or grime anywhere, which is a stark contrast from the rest of the facility that you've been in. Clearly, that is where he does the treatments directly on people, whereas the rest of this is a more experimental mechanicus style space uh he's he's floating around he's not wearing his robes you're seeing again the metal torso there's a surprising amount of flesh to his torso above his waist where the grab suspensors leave him floating about a half a meter above the ground so he approaches you at the regular height of a person uh however he just has nothing from the torso down and there's a, a loud kind of hum and you see the air wavering underneath kind of like you would see from asphalt where the heat's rising it's just got a little bit of that uh, underneath me. He says, well, I'm so glad you could make it out here. Nero Forsyth. I mean, clearly you were banished. And he just waves a hand and the Skitari goes and exits and closes the door behind you. And companion, you are Sister Olian Mina. Sorry, takes me a second sometimes. I got to make sure I got it in my files. I kind of <laughs> heard what everyone was saying around the table because good ears. Uh, what can I do for you? A little banishment's nothing between friends. I'm kind of neutral on the whole government thing along with the mechanicus, you know? Down here, we just fuck toasters, am I right? Nah. And I'll I'll legitimately laugh at that and be like, well, I mean, I did hear the ding earlier and it did sound rather uh, thrilled. So, uh, Ignatius, I'm so, I'm so, thank you for the warm welcome. Um, your facility is absolutely incredible. And I am, and I'll point at that, room and I'll be like, I am incredibly jealous of whoever gets to spend some time in there because I got to tell you, I slept in a lot of places and none of them have been as nice as that room. I'm not going to roll deception because I think that is a hundred percent true in the 40 mm-hmm. universe. Yeah. Um, I, 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 well, I mean, today it's here for you. You said you wanted me to take a look I, I, and see I do. if we can enhance you. Yeah, I do. Uh, listen on that note, uh, Ignatius, uh, we are friends, which, which I appreciate. And, uh, I just want to clear, clear some things up. Um, uh, my actual name isn't uh, Nero Forsyth. We were here uh, to do a little bit of uh, preemptive scouting work, you see. And um, my name is Nero, uh, but uh, my last name's Abagnale. And just wanted to make sure that we're on 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 the level here, uh, you know, because um, you seem like a really trustworthy fellow. And uh, you know, um, I just I, I wanted I wanted no secrets between us. No space. Uh, You'll have to excuse Sister Mina. Um, she uh, 
she's so excited uh, to be here as well that uh, she's actually just shaking with excitement. Uh, Sister Mina, just so we know, Ed, for for the listeners at home, <laughs> uh, can you describe your, your expression slash what you're thinking? You don't have to be oh talking, God. but I think we all want to know what's going on with Mina <laughs> while this is happening. Uh, this is this is basically like the worst situation to be in right now. For one thing, <laughs> for one thing, like all of the bio enhancement stuff and even like like treatments to de-aged people, like like the sisters in general kind of frown upon that because it's like they like being pure and they like like when the emperor is going to take you, he's going to take you. So all this stuff is disturbing to begin with. Then on top of it, Nero is obviously unhinged. <laughs> but also <laughs> but also like Nero is her boss and kind of the linchpin of like her whole thing is I follow orders being a sister and that's the end all be all that's the beginning and end of how her life makes any sense so and on top of it with him being all like upset about her being bloody she couldn't even talk her way out of that because <laughs> that's sort of her thing and she, he's seen her do that and he hasn't been disturbed before so now he's like you and your blood hungriness and she's like yeah cause heretics i don't understand <laughs> what the problem is here <laughs> So what's the what's the exact physical expression of that level of internal panic monologue? She is like her 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 facial expression is like she she's trying to contain it. The eyebrows are happening a little bit, but she's actually like semi catatonic because she's like can't even hype herself up out of what is going on. Like that is to the level of like she's supposed to just be second to him. So so even trying to step in or stop him is like she doesn't know what to, so she's, she, that's, that's where we are right now. We're in this place of utter panic and like, can someone else fix it? Can we call the Inquisitor? We need <laughs> that. Things are bad. Perfect. So that's over your shoulder, Nero. Uh, but you are talking to Ignatius Ironforth totally comfortably. Absolutely. Um... Oh, you, you mentioned your Nero Abagnale. Would that happen to be, uh, you just see him look up for a minute? Uh, Nero Abagnale interrogator to Inquisitor Barthus Billingberg. I rolled an insanely hard tech use check for him to be tucked into the Adeptus Mechanicus new sphere, and he fucking crushed it with three successes. It was difficulty five. For what's worth, Ryan, oh. I was going to have him test my DNA only so I could prove I was from the Inquisition. So yeah, this is all good. Uh, so um, I'll just I'll, I'll smile uh, and I'll look back uh, to Sister Mina with a classic like pretty good right and. Obviously, just see your catatonic, like, oh, panic yeah. rage. Oh, yeah. Panic um, rage is perfect. Can, can you provide a genetic sample just to confirm? I've been, uh, I don't want to say I've been fooled before, but I don't have legs. So, well, please. and uh, you know what, uh, Ignatius, I wouldn't want you to be fooled again because uh, we don't get fooled again around these parts, right? Am I right? All right, great. Yeah, no, I trust you here. Here you go. Take take whatever you need, and I'll just hold out my my hand. The, the tiniest, me- the tiniest, like, sir. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry, Ignatius, you're going to have to give me just one second here. Uh, as you can see, Sister Mina isn't entirely comfortable speaking up in these sorts of situations. And I want to make sure that she feels a, a part of this, too, you know? Would you um, like a, a sedative or a comative, something to lower her cortisone and stress levels? You know, that's a good question. Let me ask her that real quick, and I'll get right back to you in just one second. I really want to make sure we're, we're getting her what she wants. I might take one of those, though, if you're having one. You know, uh, our, I enjoyed our drinks earlier, uh, unless that'll get in the way of the samples. But uh, just give me one moment, and I'll turn back to uh, Sister Mina and say, uh, 
Yeah. Hey, so I know I'm, I'm getting some, um, uh, some, some hesitancy here and, and some concern. Uh, what, what would you want to talk to me about? Sir, is this, is, think about your training. Is this precisely the, are you doing exactly what you wish to be doing right now? Yeah, listen, uh, Olian, uh, you know how much you want to uh, stab and, and kill the heretics, right? Ideally. Yes, I, ideally, yes. That yeah, me too. One, I want... one of the many things that we do, mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you see, with, with Horace involved, uh, it's the only thing we do, Sister we, Mina, because Nero. the Nero. great enemy, yeah. yeah. Nero. Uh-huh. We are on a mission. We are on, a, on one mission. Mm-hmm. Once we complete this mission and get all the information, we we can go back. We can we can we can speak to the Inquisitor. We can we can figure out what it is you saw. But right now, you you need to focus on what is in front of us. Yeah. Well, what's in front of us are the genetic samples we need to figure out who Horus has put on this planet. You see, that's what we need right now. And his pawn, Fabius Bile, and all that stuff. So listen, I'm just going to get these samples first real quick. And I'm going to give him whatever he needs to do that. Because uh, after all, I mean, you know better than anything. We're all, we are all transient in, in the Emperor's eyes, are we not? We, we None of us are permanent, unless you've changed your views on that. And I'll no. like flick the side of your robe a little bit just to like show uh, fleur-de-lis in a... Subtle reminder of uh, your uh, beliefs and um, tenets. Of course, of course, nothing has changed. I'm, I, yes, you're right. And I, I duly, triply, quadruply apologize. Please continue. I yeah. have your back. Thank you. Uh, also, and I'll just like point to your like tear ducts. And also, you got, you got some red there. You might. Just want to give that a rub. You're looking real spooky. Uh, and then I'll just turn back. Uh, <laughs> she will definitely do that and be like, wur, wur. all right. So you turn back and Ignatius is standing there and his two fingers on one hand are just twitching while he's holding them up. And he says, uh, I didn't mean to overhear, but I told you I had very good, very ears. good ears. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Horace is back and we have to stop Horace. Uh, so I'm going to come over and just like sling an arm around him. And um, I feel like Nero, um, when he's kind of really feeling his uh, his kind of like uh, camaraderie and kind of uh, trying to to help people uh, do the things he needs them to do, ends up doing that um, that borderline close talker thing where like he's just <laughs> uh, he's a little bit in your space, but it's it's. And again, like obviously, I'm basing like physically off DiCaprio. I see DiCaprio do this in movies all the time. Like, he does it in Inception constantly. But I also know people in like the theater community in Toronto do it all the time. And it's like they're just close enough that you're like, you're kind of in my zone here, but you're also far enough away that I can tell it's calculated. So it's that. I just kind of sling an arm around him and just kind of get in there. And I'm like, yeah, um, listen, Ignatius, uh, I've got some very good news and some very bad news. Okay. So the very good news is um, uh, we don't need to stop Horace today. He's he's not uh, here on on your planet. He's not coming after us um, in the night with his claws and his sons and the endless legions <laughs> that he commands. He's not doing that. Okay. Yet now that's the very bad news because my friend uh, <laughs> he has spread. They they said the heresy ended, but uh, you're a smart guy. Uh, I don't think it it did. 
I, I think what they tell us is what uh, sometimes what they want to believe, not what's true. So here's the problem. We got, um, uh, as you can tell from, uh, you ran, you ran my info and I'll, I'll let you, and I'll like cut my hand as I'm talking to him and just be like, um, I actually don't know if you need that, but um, anyway, I'll just like, like force the uh, hand out kind of at him as I continue to talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, it's not why not. And he'll just like cup a palm and right. you see it, it goes into his palm, but it's, it's a mechanical hand. And then you see it go through a, a filter that was not there before. You realize something mm-hmm. moved away, kind of opening up to it. And you can hear a kind of a little blur of machines in his head. And he's ah, Nero Abig now confirmed. Thanks. Thank you. That's yeah. Great. That that's, that's handy. Um, I should have thought this through and I'll just like stuff my hand in my pocket. Um, and, uh, just uh, continue. Uh, so uh, you, you know that I'm with uh, the Inquisition, that I am, in fact, uh, merely <laughs> steps away uh, from being an Inquisitor myself. Um, so here's the thing. We've got some uh, Inquisitorial business here on the planet uh, that has led to our uh, fake banishment, uh, our presence here. And uh, the only one who can help us is you. So um, two questions for you, and they're very important questions. So I'm really going to need you to kind of be with with me on this, all right? Um, Question one, uh, I'm going to need, and by I, I mean the Inquisition is is the I in question here. Uh, Uh, Capital I. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, With little spiky bits off it. A lot of serifs um, of authority. The serifs of authority demand this. And of course, uh, through us, uh, the emperor himself and his will now i i know as a deptus mechanicus you know you've got your your folks too and that's great but they're on very good terms you know the emperor has always respected the machine god um and uh and i do too and i respect you i'm gonna need the baseline genetics of uh all of the uh candidates uh for governor um the uh the uh, adoptees um because uh, we've got some concerns there uh the second question i have for you is um how would uh how would you like to be able to spread your biologist influence beyond uh, these hallowed halls uh, to the rest of the galaxy? Because man of your talent and of your understanding of the capabilities of the human body, I think deserves a seat on the Inquisition. Don't you? Ignatius Ironforth, uh, immune to a certain amount of understanding personal space, is having the same conversation he would with you if you were five feet away. Uh, it's one of the weird, when you machine parts of yourself, you kind of lose some ideas of distance. So he looks you in the eye and says, I can provide the baselines, but as far as we know of the Inquisition, you could not allow me a seat on the High Council of Terra. However, I could assist your band and perhaps be freed from my slavery under the <laughs> under fabricator biologist Cathane. Uh, yeah, sorry to be clear when I was saying the seat at the table. I meant at my table. I, I can't possibly offer you that. And I wouldn't want to lie to you, Ignatius. You know, um, I don't lie to friends. Uh, and I'll turn and shoot like a significant look at Mina being like, this is for you too. I was say, Ignatius also turns and shoots a look at Mina. Uh, Mina, are you trying to convince Ignatius this is true? Or what's your reaction to this throw to? Oh, about, about friends and lying? Yeah, that he he would never lie to a friend. She she like twitches when it comes from Nero because it's like feels like feels like a slam, man. Can you but... roll a deception for me? <laughs> okay. 
Oh boy, you're probably not gonna like it though. Uh, deception. Difficulty? Yeah, perception. Uh, uh, deception from you, and then difficulty will be just a second. Uh, difficulty will be two. Okay. Or no, I'm gonna make it difficulty three because he's oh. he's craftier than most. Uh, I will give you a boost because you do have a half a second before he looked at you to say this, but a setback because you did not cover terribly well. No, she's, response. since he is, she's not, she's an open book. So, yeah. um, man, I, I want to use a story point, but I don't even know how I could. <laughs> I think a, a desperation or qu a quick try to cover would definitely allow for a story I, point. I also feel like, Del, going off what you've described about like how much Mina is all in on the idea of beauty, yep. Even if it's uh, like odious to her, the idea of like Nero somehow needing something from her in this moment, I mm -hmm. think weirdly like no matter where you're at, it's like gotta deliver for the boss. Oh, like for I sure. that like that trigger. Like I, I would take that as a story point trigger, like to Ryan's point about desperation, but also just that like rock in a hard place, like. Yeah. Fuck. yeah. <laughs> I said I deserve status Baratheon, so I guess I do that. Ugh. Right. Like even that conversation basically turned her from being like worried about him and feeling like he's crazy to feeling like, oh, she's super fucked up. Like she she should have just trusted him the whole time and she fucked up and it's her oh, bad. Like oh no. <laughs> that's how <laughs> she feels. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It. Because he just pushed back so hard and, and also called her out on being like unfaithful, basically. So she's <laughs> like oh no, this maybe was a con the whole time and I fucked up. Like, she feels real bad. So No, Tom does as well. Nero does not <laughs> notice. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's gonna be one green, one yellow, three purple, a boost, and a setback. Yeah, let's see what happens. Oh, two successes, one threat. <laughs> we, we did it, fam! <laughs> yeah. Ignatius looks at you and looks back at him and says, yes, it's clear that you don't lie to your friends, though some seem to be unsure of whether they're your friend or not. Have you suffered from brain damage? Oh, me? Yes, you. Yeah, you see, that's uh, something I'm going to want to talk to you about if you uh, if you take me up on, on my offer. And it sounds like if you're you're enslaved here, I mean, that's not a great scene. So um, join, join us. Uh, we'll have to, of course, make sure things, we'll have to, you know, Vox some people first to make sure that again, I just want to set clear expectations, but uh, and then now I will do a full DiCaprio lean in and go, uh, I'm a little concerned about uh, my brain and state, so yeah, I'm gonna need some tests done. I think I accept a role within your party, ha 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 ha, and then he <laughs> squirts <laughs> saline out of the edge of either of his human eyes. And he's like, I have both laughed and cried things that are emotionally significant for humans. So you know that I am bonded to you. Now, uh, why don't we scan you while I pull up the genetic templates that you need? Please enter my room. Um, and uh, I will uh, say, uh, of course, I just do need one moment uh, to confer with uh, the sister here. And I'll uh, walk over to you, Mina, and say... Would you like uh, me to not listen? That would be appreciated. I know you got great hearing, and I, I like that. Deactivating ears. <laughs> I'll, like, mouth at him, um, and then I'll, I'll turn back uh, to Mina and just say, um, I really appreciate you having my my back on that. that uh, and, uh, of course, <laughs> so does uh the uh the emperor of the confederacy he uh in his golden throne will of course uh uh look fondly upon that you've done a good duty here today here's the thing i'm gonna go get scanned 
by this man uh, in this strange room on this strange planet. Um, I think he's on the level. But if things go sideways, I trust you will see that the Emperor's wrath finds its way to uh, these hallowed halls, correct? Of course. As always, I will protect you. That's great. I thank you. I, I appreciate that. You know, it's funny. Um, <laughs> I feel like the emperor thought that Horace would protect him too. Sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. But you, and like he'll legitimately like put a hand on your shoulder and like give you the most earnest look he can. Just be like, I got a feeling you are no Horace. And then he'll just smile like he really gave you a nice compliment and kind of slap you on the arm like he does Seth and then just like wander over into the, the chamber. Oh boy. She's she's just hit, she's going to take a moment because he is just pushing her buttons right now, even ones unbeknownst to him. And she will follow along behind and definitely keep an eye out. And if anything goes anyways badly at all the chain sword is coming out so the interrogator is brought wow. into the room and strapped down gently in ways that check out and seem like those are where the grooves are in the setup when you see the the scanners and how detailed they are it's clear that you just can't move much during the test once you're strapped in ignatius says come with me sister uh, and brings the sister back out through the glass window to see what's going on in the room and it seals shut uh, and he begins firing up the various scanners that start to do Wait, what they're doing. I'm sorry, is there a problem, there. sister? <laughs> he's in there, and they're outside of it, right? Yes. Okay, okay, that's a, that's all I needed to know. Yes, <laughs> yes. the interrogators in the machines, you're with Ignatius Ironforth outside the room watching the scanners get fired up. And, and then the door behind like you... going to walk him like a hawk. <laughs> the door behind the entrance of the room kicks open with a massive squeal and slams against the wall with uh, with a clang. And a huge bulk steps under it into the room. And you just turn to hear the voice, I am Fabricator Cathane. Who dares enter my realm without permission? And Sister Mina, you turn to find the Fabricator, the commander of all of the Mechanicus in this system, staring you down. And you don't have any answers. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter as Interrogator Nero Abignale, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Seth Corbin, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter as Sister Olian Mina, and our Game Master Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Are they Imperator and death to all the heretics? 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Austin Nut Powers Fry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Cam Kander? Yeah, that was a strange thing. A prolific creator who disappeared suddenly in 2020. Eccentric, weird, inscrutable. Cam Kander was like a 21st century Howard Hughes. Nothing is known. Cam Kander, man, woman, non-binary person, no idea. Cam Kander, an enigma, a cipher, a mystery. Was Kander a genius or insane? Is there a difference? And one day, Cam Kander vanished into thin air. Off the map, off the radar. Like Amelia Earhart. From me, BK Will, in conjunction with Trojan Cat Media, a division of Corp. Leave me alone. I don't have anything to say about Cam Kander. Comes a shocking six-part documentary series. Cam Kander is a Rorschach test. It's a MacGuffin stuffed inside a red herring, shoved down a rabbit hole that leads to a blind alley. Cam Kander is out there, waiting to make their glorious return. Like a cult leader? No, like a messiah. Discover Who is Cam Kander, a new investigative podcast coming Wednesday, September 1st, wherever you listen to podcasts.